We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to talk about the transfers out, Ryan. And and I think this is an interesting situation because I think what we're seeing from Notre Dame fans is, are two extremes that both have merit. And on one extreme, it's, well, and, and there's truth to this, and I've said this before, not in a dismissive way, but a factual way about why they left. We saw Tyler Buckner, Logan Diggs, Prince Colley, and, and Lorenzo Styles all transfer. Some of those weren't surprising. Some, it, it, None of them were shocking, but a couple of them I had hoped that it wouldn't happen. I was never going to be shocked when Logan Diggs transferred. I just hoped it didn't happen. I was not at all shocked that Lorenzo Styles transferred. I was not at all shocked that Prince Collie transferred. We expected that one especially. I'd hoped that Lorenzo – well, I wouldn't say hoped. I, I wasn't 100% certain that Lorenzo was going to transfer, but this has been something that you and I have been talking about since December. November, we were starting to hear this F- stuff. Fans have been talking about it too. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's and he did there. exactly what people have been talking about for five months, which is go to Ohio State and move to corner. I mean, it's not a secret. It's not something like, oh, gee. Like when I put in the transfer article, like I expect them to go to Ohio State, that wasn't like breaking news. I think people would have been more shocked if he didn't go to Ohio State. Yeah. But, and then obviously Tyler Buckner, no one was shocked by it, but I think we all kind of hoped that he would stick it through. It's a disappointing uh, one. Yeah. Right. But the answer, the, the one extreme answer is, well, they all got beat out or were number twos. That's why they left. And and there's truth to that. Tyler Buckner got beat out for certain quarterback job. Yep. Renzo Styles not only got beat out by Tobias Merriweather, but he was in great – there was greater risk that he would get beat out by Rico Flores than there was that he would then pass up Tobias Merriweather. And then Prince Colley, he wasn't going to push anybody to start, and then he, he was getting pushed by younger guys – and he didn't leave because he got beat out as much as he just wasn't happy here. I don't think he ever clicked with the new staff the way he did the people that recruited him to come to Notre Dame, like Nick Lazinski and Clark Lee. It yeah. just it happens. No, no fault, nothing negative against Prince, but it's just the reality of it. He was always a better special teams player than he was a linebacker. So no big deal. That's one extreme. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not with you on that, right? It, they're all valid points. Those guys all did get beat out. But it doesn't mean that just because that's true that, that that's no big deal. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The other right. extreme is, oh my gosh, the, the program's coming to an end. Uh, you lost Tyler Buckner, you lost Logan Diggs, you lost Lorenzo Styles, you lost Prince Scott, you lost three top 100 players from your roster. The sky's right? falling. Yeah. The sky's falling. Clearly there's something there. The, 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 I've heard people call it a sinking ship, which oh. I found, yes, I found <laughs> to be incredibly absurd. You know, is yeah. Marcus Freeman not a message not getting through? And then there's that extreme. Yeah. And it's two giant overreactions, in my opinion. But both have some merit. Now, the the side that like just is going off their minds, the whole sinking ship, Marcus Freeman's this, that, or the other thing. Um, uh, that's that's nonsense. But that this could be really impactful negatively to the depth chart. That has merit. Hundred percent, right? That has merit. So both sides have some merit. So let's kind of talk about where Notre Dame is at those positions, Ryan and why both sides have merit and what needs to happen for Notre Dame to be okay. Cause I don't think it's as easy as just losing a talent like Tyler Buckner and a talent like Logan Diggs and a talent like Lorenzo styles and a talent like Prince Collie and just be like, no big deal. Could right. it be that way? Yeah, it could end up being that way, but you can't dismiss it. And I want to start off with Tyler. I think if, if Sam Hartman's healthy all year, this one's simple. If Sam Hartman's healthy all year, they're fine for the season. It's yep. not going to hurt him at all. Where it could hurt him is twofold, Ryan, is if, number one, Sam Hartman goes down, especially early. And number two, there's now a much bigger question mark about who the starting quarterback is going to be in 24. Now, and I know, well, but you got Angeli and Kenny Minchie and C.J. Carr. I get all that. Sure, sure. But wouldn't you feel better about having those three and Tyler Buckner? 100%. And that way, if Tyler Buckner gets beat out, then you know those guys are ready, as opposed to if they don't go to the portal next year, one of those three is going to start. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready to start. It just means that one of them is going to have to start. And and I worry that it might force the staff to go to the portal again next year. And I don't necessarily want to do that. And, and it also puts you in a situation now 
where the starter could then cause a ripple effect where maybe like, let's say Steve Angeli doesn't win the starting job next spring. Do you think he's going to stick around? I'm concerned about that because now he's in the same boat that Tyler Buckner was in. So it, it raises some questions about the future for sure, no matter what Sam Hartman does. Right. But they're going to be okay this year if Sam Hartman stays healthy. But if you're just someone who says, well, they'll be fine because they have Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie, what are you basing that off of? I'm as high on – I mean, I literally had Kenny Minchie ranked as a top 100 recruit. I love Kenny Minchie, but this is a kid who missed half of a senior season of high school and is, to me, not ready right now to be that guy. Maybe by the end of the year he will be, but he's not there Hopefully. right now. Yeah. And, you know, Steve Angeli is a nice, is a great backup quarterback, a guy that can come in and get you out of a game. If Ty, if Sam Hartman goes down in the third quarter, I think that Steve Angeli can come off the bench and rally you and lead you to a victory. He's the prototype backup quarterback. But if he has to start five games, and it happens to be during that stretch where they play USC and Ohio State, I'm not nearly as comfortable about winning those football games now. Because I don't think he's a guy that's going to go out there and make the plays you need to make to win those football games. I hope he proves me wrong, but that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. kind of who I am when it comes to this conversation. So you hope that you won't need the backup quarterback. But we have seen in past years that the backup quarterbacks had to be counted on. And it, it's it's I don't know who that guy is. Somebody yeah. just said Steve Angeli is the best quarterback on our roster. That's the example <laughs> of the extreme overreaction over here. That just doesn't have a lot of merit, in my he, opinion. He's, he's better than a kid that's top 20 all-time in touchdown passes and passing yards. I hope there's a little bit of joke in there. Probably. Uh, there probably but in, is. But I mean, anyway, so yeah. this could be a situation that proves problematic if there's an injury this season, and it certainly puts a lot of pressure on the younger quarterbacks to get ready a little faster than they otherwise might have had to get ready. Maybe sure. they get ready and beat out Tyler Buckner next year. That could happen. Would I? Would you be shocked if Kenny Minchie, you know, has a great development and pushes Tyler for the starting quarterback job? I wouldn't be shocked. No, no. But I, I'm also not guaranteeing it in a year. I right? also wouldn't be shocked if CJ Carr is just so good that he comes in. And it's just like at some point as a guy, freshman, man, yeah. like that's the guy. Yeah. Like, what are we gonna do yeah. there? You know, so where maybe I, you start somebody else and then you know, kind of like they did with Trevor Lawrence in, in 2018, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I could well, see that. But, I, but I, now, I Ryan, the, let me say yeah. this. But now. You may have to do that. And this is what we've always said. I don't want to have to play a younger guy. I want to play a younger guy because he's the best guy for the job. 100%. Not because, what well, what are my options? Yeah. And that's the concern for me. Well, I mean, the immediacy is the is the thing that I always harp on quickest, right? Because that's going to affect us, you know, in the most real amount of time here. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that you're one bad play, God forbid, away from having to go that backup route, you know, like that's kind of the game of football is that you're only one play away sometimes and you can't get past this fact. The fact is that behind Sam Hartman. Now there is a quarter, no quarterback on the roster that's thrown a pass on the college level. Like that's, that's, that's a thing, right? I mean, Kenny Minchie's a true freshman quarterback. Steve Angeli played in a couple football games last year, but he didn't throw a pass for the University of Notre Dame. So you don't have any proven commodity behind a guy like a Steve uh, of Sam Hartman, excuse me. And then the long term is very important because yes, I think that CJ Carr could be a star for Notre Dame. I think Kenny Minchie could be a star for Notre Dame potentially. But we know that players develop at different rates. Well, redshirt freshman 
Kenny Minshew be ready to be that guy? It's possible, but also it's the other possibility that he's not quite ready. CJ Carr is a true freshman. Could he be that guy? Yes. Could he also not be that guy as a true freshman? Yeah, that's also very possible, right? So it's a proven commodity. So we're talking about proven commodity versus unknown. And yes, mm-hmm. Tyler Buckner still had a lot to prove. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, is that he just scored five touchdowns in the last right. time we ever saw him and they beat right. an SC school where they scored over 40 points and it could have been more if there was a couple less turnovers in that game. So the proven commodity is now gone. There is not proof behind Sam Hartman right now. There is still talent behind Sam yeah. Hartman, and there certainly will be in 2024, especially when C.J. Carr gets to town. Right. But ultimately, until you see it on the football field, everything is an unknown, and that's what you have behind Sam Hartman right now. So you can't feel great about the backup quarterback position in the in the actuality of putting him on the football field because you have never seen – what a Steve Angeli-led offense will look like. You've never seen what a Kenny Minchie-led offense will look like. You have no idea. And that's the the troubling part of this conversation, right. obviously. Let's look at running back. How yep. the impact of Logan Diggs hurts Notre Dame. I think anyone just saying, hey, it's no big deal, they're loaded at running back, is partially true, but also being a little too dismissive of losing a guy that just had over 1,000 yards of total offense last year. Now, I know where this is coming from. The team, because we had team estimate and team digs among the fan base last year. I mean, that's just flat out true. And what's what's funny, and by the way, the guy that said that about Angeli was being sarcastic because his next follow up comment was, was yeah. but Sam Hartman threw over 30 picks and Angeli has none. So he's clearly being sarcastic. So appreciate you clearing that up, Colton. I was like, come on, man. Um, but, uh, but I appreciate you clearing that up. But back to the running back conversation. You can't tell me, like, team digs, team estimate. And yeah. I, I don't know why fans do this. I don't get it. I don't understand like why people can't look at the good that Tyler Buckner brings to the table and then also dismiss the bad. But if you say anything good about Tyler Buckner, it's like that guy that I just blocked from the thing that just like talking like a 12 year old, uh, you know, like, well, what about this? Right. We've talked about that. We've never said he's a finished product, but the yeah. fact that you can't admit that he's done some really good things says more about you than it does me or Tyler Buckner. Right. That's the reality of it. Same thing with Logan Diggs. You get these people that will just constantly point to Logan Diggs as, well, he's not explosive. He only averaged five yards a carry. I'm like, okay. Part of the reason he averaged five yards a carry and Logan Diggs or in Audric estimate averaged 5.9 is because in a lot of games, Logan Diggs was getting the carries early, wearing the defense down. Audric comes in in the third and fourth quarter and rips off some big runs. I mean, for all we know, if you ro- reverse roles, that would have happened with Audric. I don't know the answer to that. I also watched that kid have a 75-yard touchdown and a 39-yard touchdown run, 75-yard touchdown catch and a 39-yard touchdown run that gave Notre Dame the go-ahead touchdown in the second half against South Carolina. Or was that the one that tied it? I can't. I think that might have been the one. That, no, it gave him the lead, 38-31, right? Lead. Yeah. So why can't we just embrace the fact that they're both really good? That, But that's just kind of how. So if you were a team estimate person, and you, you're going to be, ah, no big deal. That's incorrect. I don't, I don't buy that. I think the flip side of it too is, well, they're just screwed now because they, none of these other guys have played. There's some merit to that as far as none of them played. We talked about this yesterday, Ryan. The running backs behind Audric Estime have two catch, two career rushes for five yards, right? Okay, that's a very fair thing to point out. The reality is, is in Logan Diggs, you had a proven running back. Even if all he did was repeat what he did last year, that's a good running back. Now, what I think was going to happen is I do think Audrey Estime was going to somewhat separate himself a little bit, assuming 
Audric can prove that he can be a higher volume guy, which he has not proven yet to this point. I think people look at Audric Estime and say, look how big he is. He's an every down back. He wore down last year after like 10 carries in games. He was young. There's other things that factor into that, but he's got to prove to me he can be a 15 carry a week guy, bell cow, and then he can hold on to the football. I'm much more optimistic about that now because after the Stanford or after the UNLV game, we never saw him put the ball on the ground again. Cleaned it up. Yeah. Right. And it was all technical stuff. You know, it wasn't like he has small hands or really short, you know, it's really because you can have fumbling problems if you have really short arms. Not all guys with short arms do, but some can, you know, some can. It was just, hey, man, you know, don't extend the ball against North Carolina, right? As you're running and just protect the ball when you're in the open field so that way guys coming from behind you like against Stanford don't knock it out. It's just – it's technical stuff. He cleaned it up and he, he did better down the stretch. He's got to prove that he can be that guy. There's depth – town to depth behind him. My concern, however, is you can't ignore the fact that two of the, the three guys that we're depending on for Notre Dame – are guys that have been injury prone, or at least in Jabron Payne's case and in Jadarian Price's case, is coming off of a, a very damaging injury that we don't know for a fact that he's going to look like the guy he was before. We put his highlights, uh, Brian Smith put his highlights on our board the other day of a, a clip that he took when he went and saw Jadarian play in person. And then I put his senior year highlights on him. Like, I think we forget how good this kid is. Here's the yeah. thing, Ryan, we don't know that he's ever going to be that guy again. That's the nature of Achilles injuries. It's the modern-day ACL. That's how the ACL used to be. 30 years ago, if you tore your ACL, there's a good chance you weren't going to be the same athlete anymore. Nope. Nowadays, it's no big deal. Achilles are still that one where there's still some like, I don't know what he's going to be when he comes back at this point in time. And so you can't ignore that no matter how talented you think he is. And he's a guy that I had as ranked as a top 100 recruit. So him being really good is not a shock to us but we can't just ignore the fact that those two salt rising sophomores have never proven that they can be healthy over the course of an entire season. I mean, and then outside of that, you have Jeremiah love coming in, which is a incredibly talented football player. I mean, I would say right. that he's a top 50 player in the 2023 class, yeah. in my opinion, right. but you've never seen him on the college level yet. He's still an unknown. I mean, and, and, He's also a player that isn't going to get here until the summer, right? So he's not an early enrollee where you like, okay, he's been in the weight room. He's been acclimating. He's been able to focus, learn the playbook, you know, all the things that go into that transitional period. You don't know about Jeremiah Love. I think Jeremiah Love is going to be a star whenever he does get his opportunities. But is that going to be in 2023? I have no idea. I have no idea. So the depth behind Aldrick Estime while talented, has question marks a part of it. You know, the injuries with two guys and then just the freshman transition stuff with the other. So you'll have talent there. There's no doubt about it. And you also have a little bit of insurance in the sense that if worse comes to worse, you do have Chris Tyree where you could just slide back into running back and be like, hey, Chris, we need you, man. Like, we need you, right? So there is some insurance but yeah. regardless, I, that makes one position weaker than what it potentially right. could be if you have to go right. that emergency route. So I think Audrey could be that guy. I think he's going to be a stud. I truly do. I think the depth behind him is impressive. But to your point, behind him right now is two carries for five yards. That's right. where we are. Two and an Achilles injury yards. and a guy that basically was not healthy for his final two years of high school football. Yep. You can't ignore that. You, you can't. And and five is the ideal number at running back. Now, that's the negative side. Let's take the counter argument. What needs to happen for them to be okay? 
Well, for number one, if everybody's healthy, they're fine. <laughs> they're, I mean, if, and and now this is coming from someone who's very high on Logan Diggs. Have always been very high on Logan Diggs. So this is not coming from someone who is dismissive of. I I wish Logan would have stayed. I I I'd much rather have a backfield with him there than not with him there. So yep. so keep that in mind. I've always been a very high on Logan Diggs. But the reality is, if Jadarian Price is back to full speed, he's a better player than than Logan. He's a better talent than Logan Diggs. I'll say that. I don't know he's going to be a better player because he's you know it's going to be his first college action. But he's more talented. He's more explosive. He's every bit as powerful, and he's a different style than Audric. Audric and and Logan are they have different skill sets, but they're very similar backs. You're going to run the same stuff with those two guys in the game. I'm, the Clemson game, Ryan, you and I have kind of joked about this. I couldn't tell who was who from yeah. up in the press box. I mean, you might have been able to on the television, but in this press box, I couldn't tell. Because, like, as far as away as we are, it's harder sometimes, especially night games, to see, like, like, lo- like Audric's darker than Logan, right, uh, and Chris Tyree. But with Chris Tyree, I, and I could see he's smaller. But Audric and Logan are very similar and style they both have a single digit number. So when we're way up in the press box, I can't see at night. Oh, that's the darker skinned kid than the lighter skinned kid. And that means I know it's Audric. Uh, because the way they were playing, I couldn't tell the difference. Right. I I mean, one cut, hammer it, running people over. I'm like, is that Audric or Logan? And then he'd get up and I'm like, Oh, that's Audric. I'd look at it, oh, it's Audric. Look at the TV, it's Audric. But like Logan ran just like Audric, and Audric ran just like Logan. It was phenomenal. But that's the point. The same exact offense you're going to run with Logan, you're running with Audric and vice versa. With Jadarian, I think he brings a little bit to where maybe you might want to run a little bit more zone. You might want to run some buck sweep with him. You might want to do some things to get him to the perimeter that you may not do with Audric. And I think that's kind of where it's a little bit more complimentary than Logan and Audric. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and then I also think he is the best home run hitter they have at running back. That includes Jeremiah Love, in my opinion, uh, as for as a pure runner right now. And so if he's healthy, they're fine. If Jabron Payne is healthy, Notre Dame is fine. If Jabron, if you have to go into a game with Jabron Payne as your number two running back and he's healthy, I'm good. Yeah. I- I'm good, Ryan. I mean, I, we can go win this game. If if Logan and Jabron are both healthy, and God forbid something happened to Audrick where he's out for a game, I'm good. Uh, they're, they're good if they're healthy if they're not now you're in trouble yeah. but the town is there and here's the thing on jeremiah love the thing i don't love about this is you now have to play jeremiah where and, and you know i said i don't care who it is i don't want to play a freshman because i have to i want to play a freshman because he's ready to play i think jeremiah will prove himself ready to play it's just now you've got to expedite the process a little bit. And I don't love that. I would have lo- rather been just like, okay, week four, the light went on and Jeremiah's just too good not to play. Now you're going to have to play him, which could end up being a good thing down the road, even down the road, even meaning second half of this upcoming season. Yeah. But you're going to have to play him now. So if they're all healthy, I'm good. I mean, I'm written. And, and as you mentioned, if one guy goes down, you do have Chris Tyree that you can use to get the, the ball carry. Here's the other part of this, too. I think uh, uh, I think a mistake that some of the people that are concerned about how to how to replace Logan are making is you're assuming that the intention was is that 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 one guy has to replace all of Logan's production. And I don't think that's the case. Yeah. So you look at last year, Ryan, Logan Diggs had 165 carries. 822 yards, five yards a carry. 
also 165 isn't okay. Jadarian Price has got to do all that. Jabron Payne's got to do all that. Or even if they got to split it. Number one is I would imagine at least 30 of those carries to be taken by Aldrick. Just because we're going to see less of a pure rotation as we saw last year. Now, Aldrick's got to prove he can be that bell cow from snap one to snap 50 in a game, right? But he's got the talent to be a 15-plus cut touch a game guy. He was at 12 last year. I think he can get 15 to 18 on average. The big games, 20. The Hopefully the, the Tennessee State's 10. That's how you get there, right? Yep. So he's going to take some of those touches. The two backs behind him are going to – so so that's – let's say he takes 30 of those. Now that's 135. And then you look at a situation where uh, the two the two backs behind him, let's say they both get average uh, 50 carries, which is not much uh, if we're being honest. I mean, Notre Dame's number three running back last year had 100, 100. carries. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree both had over 50 carries the year before. Let's just, you know, so they split up, they split that up. Uh, Cause really you, you need also take into account those hundred carries by Chris Tyree as well, but you're going to split that up and, and there's now 35 carries to be, to be spread out in, you know, Jeremiah love potentially some, as some uh, backup guy, then you have the hundred carries by, from Chris Tyree and you add about, you know, 20 more to each guy. You're, you're, you see where I'm kind of going with this, right? But here's the thing you got to remember too. This is going to be a different looking offense this year for Notre Dame. Yep. And, and a lot of what they're going to do. So if you look at last year, for example, Ryan, Notre Dame last season ranked 21st in the nation in, in, in attempts per game at 40 attempts per game. They only had Tyler Bucker for three games, which means most of those attempts and they didn't give up a ton of sacks last year. They, they, you know, so most of those attempts were run pure runs. Well, you're now that Chris Tyree's a running back, he's still going to get his carries. He's still going to get, I think, I hope three or four carries a game. So he's still going to get, let's say 30 of his hundred from last year. So now that hundred doesn't have to be split up the same way, right? You you're going to have RPOs are going to be part of it. Where last year, certain plays that were, were, were running into crowded boxes are not going to be running into crowded boxes this year. That's going to take some of the touches away that we saw last year. And then just naturally this team is going to throw a little bit more. And if this team is as efficient as I think it's going to be, that's also going to take away some of the attempts because now an eight play drive becomes a five play drive. A six play drive becomes a four to three play drive. And I think those are the things that you look at and say, all those things factor in to, to where you, you just don't expect them to have to account for every single a touch that Logan Diggs had with a running back. And that's why I'm just not, I'm just not as, concerned that you have to replace all of that in the with just the way that some people are are thinking because if you look at some of the more efficient offenses in the country they don't run a ton of plays Ohio State last year Ryan averaged 490.7 yards per game Notre Dame averaged 396.2 yards per game that's like a little less over 100 yard difference right but here's the thing in in 13 games last year, Ohio State had 876 plays. Notre Dame had 870. Ohio State only ran six more plays than Notre Dame did all year. Why? Their yards per play was way up. And a lot of those plays, because they blew teams out, were being run used were being executed by their backups. Right? So 
those things all factor into, in my opinion, Ryan, why I'm, I'm just not concerned about it if everyone is healthy because it's not just Jadarian Price has got to take on those 165 carries and sure. the, the pass game touches or, or him and Jabron have to make up all of them themselves. And really, you look at 265 because you you want to count Chris Tyree moving. I think that's kind of where I just I, – if they're healthy, there's a plan. They're going to be fine if they're healthy. But this is football, and it's hard for running backs to stay healthy – an entire group to stay healthy for 12 games, yep. in my opinion. But that's also why I think the schedule sets up really nicely right now because three of your four, four first games are honestly teams you should smash, which means you should be able to – to limit some of the uh, early game, early season bang on Audric Estime, and also give you some games to get Logan and Jadarian into more of a groove where you're not kicking the season off in Columbus, Ohio against the Buckeyes. So I think that helps out too. So again, if they're healthy, Ryan, all of that being said, that's why I'm confident that they're going to be okay at running back if they're healthy. But if they don't, if they're not healthy, you're going to start saying, boy, I wish I wouldn't have been so dismissive of Logan Diggs. I hope we don't ever get there, but that's the that's where we are right now with this. Well, I, th- I think the diversity is the biggest thing for me that you kind of mentioned, right? It was because I do think that Audric and Logan can do a lot of the same things that you talked about. Jadarian Price brings a completely different skill set. Jabron Payne brings a different skill set. And Jeremiah Love also brings a different skill set than what Aldrich has. And honestly, all those guys are pretty unique in their own ways. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that you can – there's some parts of their games that are reminiscent of one another. But all those guys are super unique in the sense that Jadarian Price is a 5'10", 200-pound home run waiting to happen. A guy that can really one-cut-and-go type of back. Then you have Jabron, who's more of that – 200 to 205 210 somewhere in that ballpark who's logan Diggs ish with how he kind of approaches the game with a little bit more juice and then jeremiah loves that high cut one cut see ya type of running back. josh adams yeah i mean he's the josh adams type yes yeah so you have completely different skill sets which are very unique to one another and if all of them are healthy and all of them are contributing that's a headache for a defense i talk about this all the time man defenses want to feel comfortable. How do you make them feel comfortable? They know what's coming. They know what to expect. Cool. You have Aldrich Estime. I have to prepare myself adequately. Aldrich Estime is out of the game. Here comes another back that plays like Aldrich Estime. I'm still good. My thought process is the same. I'm prepared for this. I'm not prepared for Aldrich Estime coming out of the football game and you putting Jeremiah Love in the game who can one false step and he's out of here and he's just going to bring a different approach to the game. So as a defense, that's my worst nightmare, is having to think on the move, having to prepare for multiple skill sets. And that's what Notre Dame can bring to the game. And to your point, there's questions about it, right? This is not a foregone conclusion. This is not a known commodity. But the point is, and the reason that I think that you have optimism, is because there's talent in that room, certainly. There's a lot of talent in that room, certainly. So yes, there is some projection, There are things that need to happen from a health perspective that you need to see and a transitional perspective that you need to see with a Jeremiah Love as a true freshman. But if all those guys are ready to go and are healthy, then you have a diverse backfield that has some home run potential, has some 
wear you down potential. You can hit all avenues with this backfield, but it is obviously there are some dependencies to getting to that level. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to receiver, Ryan. Yep. This is one where I'm we're spending the least amount of time on, honestly. This is the one, the one loss more than any other that I'm just not concerned about. I feel about this loss a lot like I felt like some of the losses on the D line last year. I think I I look at it like this, Ryan. I feel like sometimes, no matter the talent of a player the personality, the, the, the attitude can become a distraction. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where Logan had gotten to, or excuse me, uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo had gotten to. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a bad kid. I'm, I'm just saying it just didn't click with him and coach Stuckey just didn't click. And it got to the point where it just, to me, it was just unproductive and it was time for him to move on in my view. I hope he goes to Ohio State and does great. I have no ill will towards Logan, but I or Lorenzo, but it was time to move on, in my view. And part of the reason it was time to move on as well is because, simply put, he was just getting beat out. That's the reason they were talking about him possibly moving to cornerback, is because it was very clear that he wasn't going to start over Tobias Merriweather and and Jaden Thomas. He, he wasn't close to either one of those guys. Not I I saw some good things from Lorenzo this this spring. He was running with authority. He was running on purpose. He looked to have a little bit of a pep in his step, but the thing is he still fought the football, right? And he just wasn't the player those guys were on a consistent basis. So he was going to be a, he was going to be a rotation guy. Now, if his attitude was where I wanted to be, I would have liked to have had him in the rotation, but it wasn't. And I just, I felt like it was time to, to kind of move on from that. And I also think the other part of it too, is you look at it, he was probably going to be their fifth receiver this year. I mean, it was very obvious in the spring that they were forcing the issue with Chris Tyree in the slot. He was going to play in the slot, which meant Lorenzo was going to be more limited to that outside role where he was just flat out not going to play more than Tobias Merriweather, barring injury. So I'm 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 good there. I'm I'm good there. Plus, you can't ignore the fact that the freshman played great this spring. Yes. And it's a talented group that's ready to play. Running back and receiver, in my view, are the two, I've said this before, the two easiest positions for a freshman to come in and make a transition. It's never easy. This is college football. It's never easy. It's the easiest of all the position groups. And you've got three guys, in my opinion, that are already on campus. And Caleb Smith will show up this spring, and we'll see kind of, we'll see if if he's able to pick things up and all that. Athletically, Caleb Smith can help you if you need him to, athletically. I don't know if you'll necessarily need him to because I project him as more of a slot, right? I think you do as well. 
And I don't know if you'll need that early on. But the outside guys, Braylon James can give you Will Fuller type of snaps like Will Fuller did as a freshman in, in, in 2013, where he had six catches for like 160 yards. He can, he can give you some of the Chris Brown snaps from 2012. Chris Brown only had two catches, but he played. He was in the rotation, and one of those catches was pretty big right against Oklahoma. Braylon is a take the top off. He only can run three routes, but you let him run those three. I'm not saying that, that I'm being hyperbolic. And say so he can give you that, even if he's not a full-time guy. But Rico and Jaden have proven that they're ready to be – they can. They picked up the offense well. They're, they showed up as precise route runners. So these are ones that Coach Stuckey doesn't even have to really groom them the way that he did he, – he needs to do with Braylon and he needs to do with, like, Tobias to a some degree. Tobias showed up as a pretty good route runner as well. Uh, but Dion and some of those guys, I mean, they, they show up ready to play, which means you can now focus on more of the mental part. And that's the other thing, too, with the, all the veterans is they're all a year older. The, the technical aspects have improved to the point where you don't have to continue to to fix those problems from before. And, and uh, you know, if you can't watch what the receivers did last year and see their development over the course of the year from a technical standpoint, then I would say I don't know if you know what you're looking for in that regard. And people that argue, well, production equals coaching improvement, no. The minute the receivers can start throwing to themselves for an entire game, then we can talk about that, right? But to see the growth that Jaden Thomas made technically, to watch Dion in the last five games start to really look like, okay, now we're starting to see glimpses of why he was a top recruit in that class. To see, and Jaden Thomas was a completely different player from the first three games to the last seven games. So we know the technical improvement came now that that's there and these freshmen are already ready to go from a technical standpoint. Now you can start focusing more on scheme and making sure that they're really scheme sound and and have all the nuances part of it. That's partly why I'm getting excited about what they're going to be in the fall. Now they got to go show it, right? All these guys got to show it, but that was true of Lorenzo too. But this is a freshman class can flat out be your four, your five and your six. And I feel good about it. I really do, Ryan. And you and I, the only argument you and I had was which of the freshmen is going to be the most ready, right? Uh, you know, Jaden or Rico. And it was a it was a positive argument, meaning we were arguing, we expect them both to be ready, but which one of the two that will be ready is going to be the most ready, as opposed yep. to uh, which three of these guys that don't know what they're doing are going to be ready to help out this year because they have to. You know what I mean? And that's a good place to be. So I'm good at receiver. And here's the deal, too. Matt Salerno can help you. And I know fans don't want to hear that. Some fans don't want to hear that. But Matt Salerno is your number five or your number six is going to help you. We saw it in the spring game. We saw it last year. The problem last year, sometimes you like needed him to be your two at times last year, early in the season. That's not where Matt Salerno is going to help you. Matt's going to help you as the five, as the six, veteran leadership coming in, blocking his butt off like he did on that touchdown run we're talking about earlier with Logan Diggs. It wasn't the right side of the line that opened up that hole for a touchdown. It was Matt Salerno taking that DB and driving him all the way inside of Blake Fisher and letting Logan cut off outside of him. He showed the catch he had against Ohio State. I don't want him being a starter that's playing 50 snaps. But he can help you as part of rotation. So between the the three starters, Tobias, Dion, and Jaden, you got Chris Tyree, you've got Matt Salerno, plus the freshman. Their name's good at receiver. I mean, the, the the only caveat is if you have a couple of injuries, you could get in, in, into some trouble. Yeah. But even then, it's like that's the last position I'm worried about. I, I'm not looking in the portal unless some stud wants to come. I'm not. I'm. I'm. 
you got you're good there. Keep rolling. Keep coaching them. Get yourself ready to go because that group's going to be pretty good. So this is the one of all of all four of them. This is the one I'm least concerned about for a number of reasons. That's a lot, Ryan. Yeah. Response to any to all to that long uh that long. So, so you're saying that I get to see more of Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores play? Oh I know. no! What a I know shame. you're so bummed. <laughs> I know you're so upset, Ryan. I really like Lorenzo, the talent. I really did, man. I mean, I'm never high from that, right? Like, I thought he was going to be a really good football player at Notre Dame. Unfortunately, talked about it. There was a confidence issue that happened last year, and that confidence issue transpired into, I don't want to call it cancerous, but, like, it just wasn't a great fit into the room at the end of the day. Like, that's just kind of where it went. And, with how Coach Stuckey and this offensive staff has recruited the wide receiver position in 2023, it was tremendous to have all three of those kids come in as true freshmen in the spring because that prepared you for this moment. It did. Because now you could say – and it was big for, honestly, because Deion Coles, he's been banged up at times in the past, right? Like last spring, he was a guy that was limited in a lot of that spring. You came out of the spring, though – Healthy at wide receiver. Like, you feel good. You know, Tobias is healthy. Dion's healthy. Chris Tyree's healthy. Jane Thomas is healthy. Jaden was another guy that had some, you know, a little bit of durability stuff. So you are healthy. You are deeper than you were a year ago. And you got a lot of talent, man. As long as it's developed properly, I agree. I don't think it's going to be a massive blow. I, I'm disappointed of how it ended up with Lorenzo Styles at Notre Dame because I still think Lorenzo is, is a really talented football player as far as his physical skills. But it never, it just never came to fruition for him. So unfortunate. I hope he does really well at Ohio State in the role that he's going to play there on defense. But Notre Dame is recruited well enough and has the guy as a developer at the top at wide receiver coach and Chancey Stuckey, where I look at it and I say, I think you're gonna be fine. I think you're gonna be good, man. And and the fact that they're all healthy and that the three freshmen came in and looked as ready as each of them did because I didn't expect Braylon James to come in and look ready as a sp- at, during spring. I was very upfront about that. But he came in, and he looked like he could help you in some capacity in 2023. So having all that insurance and having the health that you have in that room right now, you're good, man. You know, it would completely change it if you had a couple injuries in that room and there were a couple weird timelines, and that would completely change the equation. But everyone's healthy. Everyone is talented. And I think the depth is going to be able to withstand this defection, in my opinion. I feel the same way at linebacker with Prince Collie. Yeah. I like yeah. Prince. You know, he wasn't always healthy. He, he, you know, he was a very good special teams player. I think that's where the miss is going to be greater is special teams because he was a very good special teams player. But again, we'll see Nolan and, and Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen. And, and this is why you recruit the way you do, yes. the, the way Notre Dame has. This is why recruiting at those positions is so important because you can have a guy like, I mean, five years ago, a guy like, a guy like Prince Kylie leaves and it's like, oh my gosh, this is a problem. What are we going to do? Yeah. Now it's like, yeah, I would have rather Prince stayed. I like Prince. I think he's a, he's a, he's a talented athlete, but you're kind of like the, to me, the, the, him getting passed up by Nolan Ziegler was more of a matter of when, not if, and same with Jalen Sneed. It was more of a matter of when, not if, because those guys are just a little bit more naturally instinctive. I think than Prince was Prince never just looked. And that was always going to be a little bit of the concern. I just thought eventually he'll get there. And I think he'll still get there. At, I mean, he's only a sophomore this year. It's not like yeah. writing him off. It just was by the time the light went on, would you have already been passed up by younger guys who were probably a little bit more talented than you are. And, and so that's where I kind of come from, but you're, you're in a situation now where I think there could be some issues down the road, Ryan, if they don't recruit well in 24, as we were talking earlier, 
Yeah. But for this season, I think Notre Dame is just fine at linebacker. I don't, I don't anticipate there being any issues when it comes to um, their positioning and their depth and being able to, to put a good special teams and, and, and those type of things. Cause you're going to add four weapons to your special teams that you didn't have last year. Cause they didn't play Nolan. They didn't play Jalen on special teams. And now you're talking about Jake Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury. Yeah. I just it. I think it'll be fine. I I think it's like wide receiver too, where you had three early enrollees at the linebacker position, which help which helps you know it helps comfort that blow a little bit. Like yeah, I mean it's a defection, it's a loss of a talented football player on the depth chart. Like all those things are true, but you have you've you've kind of I guess supplemented that with other very talented football players, right? right? Like you you've cushioned that blow in my opinion and. Again, you're in a situation where Prince Kali, if he came out and had a great spring and had a great offseason, maybe he's the key backup at Will Linebacker. But there was no, there's just no, it's not like it wasn't a foregone conclusion that he was going to be your backup Will in 2023. Like it just wasn't a foregone conclusion. So having Nolan step up to your point, but also having three freshman linebackers come in and two of them looked very good in the spring. And the other one ended his spring off on a very high note in the blue gold game. So having that insurance, I think is big time. And to your point, this is why recruiting the linebacker position over the last couple of years has been such a blessing, man. Cause it's not only a blessing of just getting more talent in the room. You have also now, I mean, think about this, Brian, like we're sitting here saying Prince Ali transfers, they'll be able to, you know, cushion that blow. They'll be Okay. And then also you lost Joshua Burnham and Junior Tuilamaka to position changes, and you're still like, right. we're still good because we've yeah. recruited so many talented players at the position. So I think they'll be fine. You need you need a couple young guys to step up, obviously, but we started seeing in the spring that I think that they're they're ready to do that to step up. This is also why, but what we were just talking about, Ryan, what you said is also why, however, that they have to do well in 24. Because now the numbers get a little bit thin. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of a concern for me. This is going to do it for this portion, right? we got a mailbag coming up. But before we jump to the mailbag, folks, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Make sure you are signed up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Uh, make sure you've signed up for our daily newsletter. You'll find that in the description box below. Uh, merch store. You want like the shirt, right? Got my little green IB Nation hat on. Ryan's got the pullover. The hat that Ryan has on is also something that you can get in the bookstore. We both have, or I mean, the merch store. Both have our IB flags. You can find those in the merch store as well. We have sweats. We have a. We have some new hats. Some different type of hats. I have a like the bucket hat. You know, the big bucket hats go around. Got that. Got a distressed hat on there as well. A lot of good stuff on there. So make sure you check all that out. 